Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. Sorry, we're a little bit late this week. There's some technical difficulties and I needed some new sound equipment to come in to address them. But now that we are good to go, I hope that we can be a little bit more regular moving forward. Our guest today is Joel McCoy. He's the founder of the Big Box PC Game Collectors Group on Facebook, a community with just about 3,700 members at the time of this recording. Thank you for joining us, Joel. Hey, thanks for having me. So your big box PC game collectors group, is that something that's uh, specific to Facebook or do you have other branches? Do you have a, do you have a Twitter or a website or anything like that? Do you have uh, do you branch out at all? We have a Twitter, but I don't I haven't been using it very much because um, I, I wasn't getting a whole lot of engagement out of Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I'm unique in that either because... A lot of people that I was interacting with haven't really been on there much any, anymore either. But uh, we have a website as well, but the website really only serves uh, the podcast. So uh, I don't really post on there a whole lot either. So I guess the real answer to your question is it's mostly a Facebook group. Right. And uh, But you did do a podcast as well. Is that still going on? Yeah, the, the podcast was an interesting one because we uh, I made uh, really good friends with uh, several of the members and we used to get on uh, Google Hangouts and uh, just kind of jam and, uh, mm-hmm. and talk about big box games. And uh, we decided one day, we we're like, well, I mean, if we say something cool, you know, maybe someone might want to hear it later. Mm-hmm. So we uh, started recording stuff. And that's kind of where the podcast still kind of is, is just recordings of our conversations. And we still get on there and have conversations every once in a while. Um, uh, so that is really just an archive of our uh, nerdy conversations. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I did actually check out a few of those. I, is there a certain? Is there a regular schedule by which you release those? There is no regular schedule at all. It's really just whenever I have time. <laughs> because, yeah. uh, as you well know, uh, uh, editing these things is a beast. Oh like, yeah, it just takes yeah. so much time. And uh, I, of course, work a, a nine to five like everybody else. So mm-hmm. um, finding time to do this stuff could be a challenge. Yeah, that's why I like to keep to fairly shorter episodes because I find. Uh, the standard, for me, the average time is usually about the length of the interview times three is about the amount of time that it takes to edit yeah. it down. So I, that's why I generally, out of laziness, kind of keep them a little bit short. But um, so how old is the big box PC game collectors group? I think it's knocking on like five years now. Five. Okay. I've been doing this for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I did not think... Uh, that I would be still moderating or dealing with this. Like, it was just kind of an off-the-cuff thing. Mm-hmm. And here I am five years later, and I'm still uh, moderating this group every day, you know, and uh, trying to keep engagement up. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of the things that is kind of a hidden job of when you try to admin or moderate one of these groups is like you, you know, it's really on you to kind of keep the, a lot of the traffic going and to keep the momentum going because if you... If you stop that, it kind of, you know, it, it decelerates until it eventually hit inertia. Yeah. It's, I mean, whenever I first started uh, five years ago-ish, um, I mean, I was mostly just talking to myself in there just to make sure there were posts, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, uh, a weird uh, feeling kind of talking to yourself. But I knew if there wasn't something there uh, that no one would, would bother to even show up, you know. So, uh yeah, but now uh, once you you know get up to the over a thousand people, it almost becomes like auto drive, so I don't really have to worry about it as much. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so what was it that made you start the group in the first place? Well, around the time that I uh, started the group uh, was about the time that my mom passed away about oh. five-ish years ago. Okay. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know if anyone out there who's listening has ever lost uh, a parent or something. You you kind of uh, look for hobbies or activities to, to occupy your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, anyone who played PC games uh, back uh, in the early 80s was a collector of some sort because uh, I don't think I was a unique child and and having all these boxes up on my shelf, you know. Um, so whenever uh, that was also about the time that uh, that game collecting started kind of blowing up, um, I remember uh, I was kind of getting back into the Nintendo stuff, and I was finding communities uh, on Facebook of people that were collecting Nintendo stuff, and uh, I was looking for a PC community, uh, people who collected PC games, because that was really my uh, passion was the PC stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, I couldn't find any. There weren't any there, you know. So I was like, I, I don't. I was just sitting there one day, and I thought, well, I mean, why don't I just make one, you know? So I threw this uh, group out there, um, just on a whim, just thinking, well, let's see what you know, see what happens. And uh, that is pretty much how it started. Uh, was basically because I could not find any uh, PC game collecting groups. Hmm. Yeah, so it was like basically an untapped uh, little, not really quite a market, but I guess I guess like a niche there. Yeah, and you know, back then at least, uh, I think the collecting world's a little different now. But back then, um, the Nintendo folks, uh, like I couldn't really engage with them on the the PC game level. Like you post a, a picture of uh, King's Quest Five in there, or just pull <laughs> something out. Uh, they don't they. Uh, either just it wasn't something they were interested in or they just didn't care, you know. Um, so uh, it was pretty lonely. Um, I found out later, uh, much later through uh, Stuart and um, Jim, uh, that uh, there was this group, uh, I guess you'd call it a mail li- mailing list or a, mm-hmm. a Usenet group called Software Collect. But uh, it was not as uh, easy to find as something like a Facebook group. So there were like pockets of, of people um, out there, but uh, there was nothing on a major social media platform. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, well now it's like probably one of the m- more definitely one of the most active com- uh, Facebook communities that I really see, at least that I'm a part of for sure. Yeah, we uh, we have quite a. I'm kind of shocked uh, at how many posts we have per day. And one of the fun things about uh, PC games, and when I say PC, I, I'm referring to personal computers. Uh, uh, you know that we do uh, Apple and Commodore and all that stuff. Yes, that's right. Um, like the amount of stuff that you can be acquired when you're collecting computer games is vast. Mm-hmm. Uh, because <laughs> it's basically the entire history of gaming. Mm-hmm. So every day someone's posting something that I never knew about or had never seen. Um that's one of the most fun things about computer game collecting over something like Nintendo. I've never seen uh, Nintendo or Genesis or any sorts of games that I've never heard of before. That's you know? right, yeah. At this point, especially. Yeah. Uh, and you have some really uh, high-profile members in there, too, don't you? Well, I was lucky. Uh, um, whenever I bumped into Pascal, uh, anyone who's a member of the group or any of these groups is going to know who Pascal is. 
Um, and <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like one of the first members. I, I kind of bumbled into the Sierra group or one of those adventure groups. And, uh, uh I didn't know at the time that it was kind of bad manners to like advertise stuff, you know, cause mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I bumped in there. I was like, Hey, anybody want to join the big box group? And uh, Pascal's kind of jumped on it, you know? Yeah. And he just started dumping his friends in there, you know, like, oh, cool. uh, yeah, like he, uh, Pascal's probably most responsible for, um, getting that thing off the ground because he just knew everybody. Then I bumped into like Stuart and, uh, Joe Garrity and KG and all these, uh, early folks and they just knew people, you know, and they started adding people. And, uh, and before you know it, um, these people had all been in contact with people like, uh, John Romero and, um, uh, Alvo and, you know, a lot of those folks, uh, but, uh, through their other, um, uh, groups and whatnot. And, uh, they, they, and, uh, I asked a few and we asked them and, um, some of the developers of these games were interested like, yeah, like Romero's a collector, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm all in this. Some of them, when you ask them, they're like, hey, people collect this stuff. You know, this is like garbage. You yeah. know? <laughs> like it was just a job for them. Oh, that's fine. I, I get it. But, uh, um, but so yeah, we, we got the Romero and we, you know, we've been, I've been able to meet some, some people that I never thought I would meet. Um, uh, uh Richard Garriott and Alvo and, um, Brenda Romero, uh, um, uh, just a whole bunch of people. Bob Bates was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rebecca Heineman. Yeah, she's a good one. Um, and these are so, all, yeah, was, uh, and these are all now members of the group. Uh, I think so. Most of them are. Yeah. Um, some of them uh, we keep in contact with, but aren't. But they may not like like the Facebook clutter or right. You know, they probably just aren't in the collecting scene or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I'm in uh, generally constant contact with a lot of these people because they befriended me on Facebook now. So. Um, what a treat, what a treat that was, uh, as a side effect of the group that I didn't realize would actually be a thing. Yeah. Especially when you're so passionate about big box collecting and you run into these people who made a lot of the games that you're collecting. That's a, that's pretty bizarre. eh? Yeah, totally. It's like, uh, never thought. Mm -hmm. How long did it take to you, for you to reach a thousand members? Gosh, I have no idea. Um, probably about a year. It's weird. Uh, if, it was probably sort of like a bell curve. Um, like it was yeah. kind of slow at the beginning and then it like shot up real fast. And then now we're kind of, um, I say this a lot in our various chats, but I think that we're kind of leveling off now. Like I feel like we're, we've probably tapped most of the PC game collecting community that is probably going to be interested in something like this. It's a pretty niche uh, market. Yeah, it is. But then you also see that we're kind of, it's also one that's really booming right now too. If you compare the, I've only been collecting for probably about a year now myself, and mm-hmm. I'm almost going to have to stop real soon because I can't afford to continue. Uh, oh, the no. everything that I'm glad I started a year ago because I was actually able to afford what I got now, and I got most of what I'm looking for. There'll never really be an end to that list, but I got all the ones that I really wanted. And if I look back now sometimes and see like, man, I, I would never have been able to get this if I started it now. I have a, a, a theory about um, why we're continuing to get people to trickle in. And I think it's because um, Nintendo collecting is sort of, I keep throwing Nintendo out there because it's like an easy target. Mm-hmm. And I collect Nintendo stuff, so I'm not like anti-Nintendo or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, 
uh, Nintendo folks, uh, Nintendo collecting is like finite. Like, there's a certain number of games. Once you get to that point, you're sort of done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your collecting is kind of over. I think a lot of the really hardcore Nintendo collectors either have all the games that they want or have all of them. And uh, it, they probably see uh, some of the stuff that's going on in our community. Like, uh, Ernest posted uh, the other day... Uh, uh, a Microsoft Adventure from like 1979, right? Oh, wow. so if you want to if you want to get into games that are as old uh, as gaming, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we're talking about actual like vintage stuff. So uh, I think it appeals to uh, a lot of the collectors out there to you know want to get into this uh, old, hard to find stuff. How how big is your collection at this point? I it's. I actually have sort of what I would describe as, as a medium-sized collection. Um, I look at uh, some of the folks in the group, like Stuart and um, Ernest and like Pascal, and these guys have these massive collections. Um, I don't have like these huge numbers, but then I I tend to focus on um, RPGs mostly, uh, which stinks for me because those are typically the most expensive ones. That's right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but the RPGs are like the most expensive things to collect. Yeah. And the games that meant something to me as a child. And when I say meant something to me as a young person, I mean either I had it and loved it or wanted it. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically how I started too, because I uh, grew up with a lot of these games. I actually had, I wouldn't say I had a collection or even a sizable one, but there was a lot of games that I did have that are actually worth quite a bit now. But when I moved out of my parents' place, when I was, you know, still a kid, I just threw them all out. Cause I was like, well, why do I need this anymore? And just, ah, oh, and I just I regret there's some of which I'm never going to get again for any price that I'm willing to spend. But most collectors have a similar horror story. Um, when, uh, me and my wife moved into the, the house we're still in, um, uh, we were boxing. I mean, anyone who's ever moved uh, all your stuff knows that you you start like determining what's important to you real quick, like, <laughs> right? And uh, we, uh, you know, I had to shuffle what was essentially empty boxes, right? And I'm like, man, I want to move all these empty boxes. And uh, you know, a great purge happened. My mind wasn't in that collecting space, and I was just like, that's right, tossing out stuff. Like I had, I had Castlevania, the PC box. You know, oh. uh, stomped on it, threw it in the garbage. That's like, God knows how much that costs now. I'll, I'll never see that again. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that is painful things that now, now that I'm, I'm plugged in, now that I'm in the know, I'm like, God, why did I do that? It's so stupid. Yeah. But yeah, that's, but that's also kind of what motivates me at least, and probably you as well to actually get into collecting is to reacquire these things that sort of meant something to us. Yeah. Uh, reconnecting with my childhood was a big part of, um, uh, mom passing to, uh, five years ago. Like I got back into miniature painting and, uh, got back into like tabletop gaming and stuff. And just, you know, it was, um, I don't know. Psychologists would probably have a field day with that, but, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> no that's, that's just kind of the way it was, you know? And, uh, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's, a uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So out of the things in your current collection, what's your favorite? Do you have like a favorite or even like a top three of favorite uh, items in your that you, in your collection? My number one favorite uh, set is easily my Ultimas. Yeah. Um, 
because they um, were impossible for me to attain when I was younger because I live in the armpit of the United States. Mm -hmm. There's nothing here. Buying games. uh, When I was younger, uh, piracy was pretty much the only way um, to get stuff because there was no store here that sold them. Um, uh, So anyway, uh, I would go on a rare trip to Babbage's and see an Ultima 7 box you know, on the shelf and just desperately want it. Yeah. And now, now I got it by golly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that's just such Uh, a great box too. Like everything from like the design of the box, the look of it, the, the game itself is awesome. Everything that's included is great. It's one, like probably one of the best ones that I can really think of. Opening that box is just magical. I mean, (laughs) the map, it's just, you know, all this stuff, that's all the papers and everything. I like I mean, my nerd, my nerd alarms just go off real hard whenever I'm like digging through all those manuals and stuff. Yeah, and that's one that I got rid of too. Like it was, not, it wasn't even actually mine. It's my, I was moving out around the same time as my best friend, and we were cleaning out his basement, and he was getting rid of all this stuff. And he's like, "Oh, do you want this?" I'm like, well, "I'll take the cloth map. I don't need the rest of it." So we totally just tossed yeah. out Ultima Seven, and it's like, "Oh, <laughs> damn it! If only I could, <laughs> if only I could." Um, go back, right? So. Yeah. Now, uh, not all of my games, uh, a lot of my games did survive the purge. There were some that were so dear to me that I just could not get rid of them. Like uh, some of my uh, King's, uh, King's Quest Five, some of my Sierra stuff, mm-hmm. King's Quest Six, um, my Gold Box games. Oh, uh, nice, yeah. Oh, no, I have the holder stuff. Those are uh, pretty high on my list. Um, and Gold Box stuff, especially because the the Pool of Radiance and uh, Curse of the Azure Bonds dominated my childhood. Like, right. hours and hours and hours in those games. Uh, never finished either one of them because they're freaking impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have a holder. I don't know how many hours I spent on that game. That entire gold box set is also just amazing. Yeah, I mean, and they're obviously designed to take up a lot of time, and we had a lot of time back then, too, so... yeah. It's uh, not really, yeah, it's something that you can't really capture today, or at least not for people our age, where you have like the game that's basically designed to be played for a year until you get the next game, and then we actually have hours a day to play it. Yeah, and I keep, uh, I keep buying these collector's editions, um, and I love them. Uh, they're some of my favorite boxes or collector's editions, but none of them, I tell the story all the time to some of my friends, they're probably sick and tired of hearing it, but uh, <laughs> nothing will compare to... Uh, uh, when Ultima 9 came out, right, I was super excited. I was finally adult oh, enough no. to be able to buy a game, you know, and uh, Ultima 9 was a terrible game. Let's just yeah. get that out of the way. Right yeah. front. But the box was awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, oh, yeah. dra- I got the Dragon Edition, right? Uh, and I still have the one that I had back then because that was one of the ones that was too precious of mine to actually throw away. Um, but anyway, we dr- me and uh, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, drove all the way to Asheville, which is a city that's uh, somewhat close to us, that has a mall, and went to the, I guess it was Electronics Boutique at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I had pre-ordered it, which I think was probably had to have been the first game I ever pre-ordered, and uh, picked it up, and I mean, you know, we, we were, uh, I was sitting on a bench, she was, she was kind of shopping, I was looking at this box, and I opened it up, and was digging through the stuff, and that... That uh, experience is gone forever, you know. Yeah. Um, like I'll, I'll never. That experience will never happen again. Um, buying a uh, a Sierra game at Walmart 
and sending him uh, Burger King eating a cheeseburger and flipping <laughs> through the stuff. Like, that'll never happen again, you know? Yeah. And it's sad, but it's uh, but it's also my fault because uh, I love Steam, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have a huge Steam library, and I, I'm first and foremost a game player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... I just like cheap games that I don't have to get off my butt to buy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And it's also kind of the, these days it's kind of cool to have sort of a physical copy of something, but it's kind of also becoming a lot more pointless. I mean, uh, every time I buy, let's say an Xbox one game, you basically, it copies the game to the hard drive and then basically just re downloads the entire game anyways. Yeah. So you didn't really save a whole heck of a lot by having the physical media. And, you know, later consoles aren't really going to be backwards compatible to this because where are they backwards compatible to? Mm-hmm. The disc is pretty much worthless because you have to basically re-download the game anytime you want to, you know, if you want to play it. I got uh, Fallout 76 uh, Collector's Edition. That was the last one I've gotten. Mm-hmm. And I've, I have hit the issue of um, that box is too big for me to keep. I I literally have no clue what I'm going to do with that box. It is massive. It's sitting uh, in our bedroom, uh, probably irritating the crap out of my wife because um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Like, I may actually have to throw that one away because there's just nowhere to put it. Right. And that's what these collector's editions are kind of turned into. And that's not recapturing, like, that's the size and the grandiose nature of them isn't isn't bringing back the feelings um it's cool but uh, it's not the same as like a gold box game which is considered a big box game but it's pretty small yeah for sure i mean it's just i don't know there's there was just something really cool about it that they they keep trying to replicate it these days and it's just not really quite hitting the same mark uh this that's a little bit into uh um fantasy i'm a big i'm a big fantasy guy as well like uh, dungeons and dragons was a big part of my childhood and uh, uh fantasy art like i just can't get into fantasy art these days like i look mm. at the uh this is kind of a non sequitur but i look at the uh dungeons and dragons like fifth edition books you know mm-hmm. and like the art i just can't i can't dig it like uh jeff easley and uh, larry elmore that's where my that's where my head's at so these rpg games nowadays like the this the box doesn't compare to those old gold box games, you know, just for sheer coolness factor. Yeah. Uh, is there any, is there anything that you would consider to be your white whale at this point? Like the, the one that you're constantly looking for that just always eludes you? Well, I just uh, snagged a white whale uh, this week with, oh, uh, I got wizard, I got wizardry for, um, the Wordna, uh, I can't remember what it's called. The return of Wordna. Mm-hmm. Which is like impossible to find for a, a reasonable amount of, amount of money, and I finally found one. So I'm currently uh, soul searching for a new white whale now. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, uh, Stuart uh, Feldhammer, uh, like he he's like the white whale slayer. He will send you a, an eBay link um, that is affordable for something. He's a <laughs> yeah that guy. I tell you, he uh, he really knows eBay, man. Right. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's terrible up here in Canada. A lot of the games that you f- that you can find on eBay that actually you fluke out and find a good price. Once you try to get it over the border, that savings is out the window. It at least doubles the cost. Yeah. 
And it's just that that's also kind of what's really slowed me down. I haven't really, I, I haven't even looked for very many big box games. Uh, the last one I got was I have um, Shroud of the Avatar coming to me because I just noticed that it was released onto Amazon, but they didn't ship to Canada. So I had to have it sent to a friend of mine in the States to send it to me in Canada. And then all the shipping and customs duties doubled the price again. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a shroud. Um, on the shelf over here, I haven't even opened, haven't even taken the shrink wrap off of it yet. Mm-hmm. I think the box is cool. Um, I need to open it up and see if everything's in there, but I just can't really bring myself to do it for some reason. Mm. Do you have a preference over between uh, sealed and open? Like, do you, this is a very contentious topic among some people. It can be, yeah. Um, I, I am trying to moderate myself um, uh, in the group on the, the sealed arguments. I am definitely a open the game kind yeah. of guy because uh number one it's impossible to enjoy um i'm not a speculator and i'm not in this for the money so right um it's impossible to enjoy it if you can't open it up right and mm-hmm. look through the stuff um i have a couple of sealed games though so before um before i get too deep into this i, I do have a few most of the time they're either games that i know there's not like anything particularly interesting inside and I can play them by other means. Right. So, you know, there's no point in me opening them. Um, but I mean, there's also the, uh, so easy to fake it, you know, like, um, I've seen videos online of people opening stuff that they thought was a legit, legitimate seal that turned out to be a reseal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that stuff isn't, isn't even, like people trying to pull one over on you because as I have been told many times, the stores like Electronics Boutique and Babs's at the time would reseal them if they got returns. Uh-oh. So a lot of the times they were resealed in the store. And so it's not even like that. The, oh, the, 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 the guy on eBay that twisted his mustache, right? Yeah. That a lot of those guys are just, they just don't know, you know, and sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't. It all depends on how good the guy was that was sealing it. Right. Yeah. It's, Never even thought about that. I didn't even realize because I worked at EB Games for a little bit, but there's definitely clear after we really, well after big box games really existed, and even at a point where we, the company itself was starting to care less and less about PC games in general. I have a, a somewhat of a fun story since you mentioned EB Games. Uh, uh, my wife and I uh, were in the, the mall uh, a few years ago. It was back. Um, when EB Games was still around before, it was right before GameStop like took them over. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walk, I walked in there because I always walked in just for nostalgia's sake, even though you know PC games aren't really a, a thing anymore. And they had the bargain bin sitting in the front, and uh, sitting in that bargain bin was uh, a sealed copy of uh, Eye of the Boulder Two. Oh, nice! Which I still have, which I still have sealed because uh, uh, there's a electronic arts distribution sticker on the on the seal that's holographic. Can't be fake, so I know it's real. Okay. And a, seal, a sealed copy of us, uh, Gateway to Savage Frontier. And I was like, what the heck is this doing in here? <laughs> so I bought, you know, I picked him up, brought him up to the counter, and was like, what? Where did these come from, man? He's like, yeah. Uh, the guy behind the counter was like, yeah, back in the storeroom, uh, uh, there was a pallet back there that had a bunch of stuff on it. And we uh, pulled it out, <laughs> stuck it in the thing. I was like, holy crap, how many, how long was it sitting back there, you know? Yeah. We had Sometimes a, you do still run into stuff. Yeah. We had a fairly similar 
situation when I was at EB. It's not so much our back room, but just the the stock warehouse where quite a few years after Katamari Damacy had been out, it was uh, one of those things that didn't really have the biggest success on release. It got this big cult following. Copies of it were pretty rare to come by. And one day we got a shipment in, open it up. There's like stacks of brand new sealed Katamari Damacy. And we're like, what What the heck's going on? And they're like, yeah, they apparently were clearing out the warehouse and found crates of the stuff that they never actually shipped out. That's the that's the rub with collecting video games, because um, these guys who who are like, you know, speculating all about the value are one warehouse away from having their entire uh, monetary value just being crushed. Right. You know, <laughs> because there's just, these warehouses are just everywhere and they're chock full of this junk. You yeah. know, um, there was it the uh, stadium events was the, the one I saw on, I think it was Pat's uh, podcast. And uh, the, some guy was like, oh, you like stadium events? And he had this, these unopened boxes full of them, you know. Oh. And I was like, you know, just that photograph that he had of those unopened packs would just kill the <laughs> value, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, well, there's another 100 of them that we didn't know existed or I don't know how many it was. But, yeah. Wasn't there something uh, similar with I have no mouth and I must scream? Yeah, the story behind that is, at least as far as I recollect it, and um, if I'm wrong on any of the details, please don't skewer me, but... Uh, people listening out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Harlan Ellison had all those games in his garage or basement or whatever. Like he, he basically had the unsold stock. And for uh, years, um, the, the eBay sales were, they were selling for like a hundred bucks pop or, you know, as a quote, rare unquote game. Mm-hmm. Well, Harlan Ellison was selling them on his website for like $40 or <laughs> however much the retail was. Mm-hmm. And it was buried on the website. You had to email them, and it was pretty sketchy. But, you know, people did it and actually got the games. So uh, I think uh, Night Dive Studios ended up going and buying all of them from him. So the ones you see on Night Dive, I've, heard, I've seen people refer to those as reprints, but that's not actually accurate. From what I understand, uh, Night Dive Studios bought all of them from Harlan Nelson and then is selling them from their store. Because right. I, I think Harlan Nelson just wanted them gone. He's yeah. like, get these, get, get these things out of my house. Um, yeah, so those are <laughs> those are pretty legit. But yeah, it's, <laughs> people people are spending way too much on that. Right? Are they still out there right now? I think they still have some. Yeah, I think they're out of the signed ones, but I think they still have them. Wow, wow, that's, that that must have been quite a few of them. Then how many how many was he sitting? Yeah, on? it was it was, uh, it was. I mean, the game did not sell very well. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot. I don't know if Harlan Nelson had his contract or something. He was supposed to get him, but that's that's the urban legend that I I have been told. I think the link is still on his website where to order them. Like I don't think he ever took it down. Mm-hmm. But uh, like if his website's still out there, I don't even know if it's still out there. Maybe, but yeah. Anyway, it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. So what initially got you into gaming? Like what what would you say is like the first game that really caught you? One of my first memories that I can I still remember, this is because I had this much. I was born in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, our family moved to North Carolina in, in 1980, so I was two years old. And uh, they went to Lowe's, of all places, and bought an Atari 2600. And mm. uh, I can remember sitting on the couch uh, watching, uh, I guess it was my brother... And my sister playing Pac-Man, that terrible Pac-Man. Yeah, um, that's right. Um, 
I don't remember if that was the game. Maybe it was combat. Because combat came with the system. It's probably combat. Anyway, um, I was too young uh, that I couldn't even move the joystick. It was so I wasn't strong enough to move the joystick. <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember uh, seeing uh, that, and it, it stuck with me. And I've been into video games ever since. Like, I literally grew up uh, oh. alongside video games. Like, me and the industry grew up basically side by side. You yeah. Know? You're, yeah, you literally were grew up with a joystick in your hand. Yeah, basically. Um, and then, uh, so the Atari 2600 was cool. Uh, we, uh, I got into the Nintendo late because my dad was a computer nerd and, uh, he bought a, he had a TRS-80. Um, the first computer I remember using a lot was the Color Computer 1, TRS-80 Color Computer 1, which we bought at Radio Shack mm-hmm. there in town. And, uh, that was, we were, we used that for, years and then um got nintendo for christmas one year and the nintendo was really kind of blew my doors off you know mm-hmm. um yeah but i was always playing the pc games uh more than anything pc was always because we had a tandy one when we got to the ibm pc it was a tandy we had a tandy 1000 sx and 8088 processor in it um but we had a, a baller uh uh VGA card and that sucker and uh, uh, VGA back then was like yeah oh yeah. yeah you can have your you can have your Nintendo look what I got yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah and then uh, you know I got uh, the holder uh, I guess that would have been around the time Super Nintendo came out I can't remember the dates but um, yeah the graphics were just like wow this is this is where it's at you know as a kid mm-hmm. and. Uh, the rest is history. I remember because uh, my first computer was actually monochrome, so I was never able to brag about graphics. But um, yeah, we lived in a we lived in a green and then amber world for a very long time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, amber monochrome all the way back. And yeah, uh, yeah. but my source of pride was her. Like, well, you know, the Nintendo. As much as I loved it, I would you know I. Travel any distance to play on a French Nintendo, but at the same time, it's sort of like, well, you got this controller with like two, maybe four buttons on it. It's like, but the key, but you know, the PCs have the keyboard, so you can actually do stuff. You can type stuff. You can like tell characters what to do, what to say. Yeah, you, know, you could play. Yeah, a game that sticks out to me is one that I spent a lot of time with. That was uh, kind of complicated for the time. It was uh, BattleTech Crescent Hawks Inception. It was a yeah. Uh, Infocom game, and I spent a lot of time playing that. It was so obtuse <laughs> and like hard, but it was also intriguing, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, like the complication of games like that um, made the more um, simple kind of console-y stuff uh, fun, but more of a distraction from the, the really serious stuff like, you know, Ultima 7 and uh, Ultima yeah. 6 and all that kind of stuff. Ultima 6 was pretty darn complicated. Um, well, Ultima 6 had a Super Nintendo release, but really hard to play. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's new here or there. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, uh, if we were to close out on anything, was there? Uh, do you have any sort of specific goals? Like what is left for you and the uh, uh, big box PC collectors group? Um, 
That's a good question. I've kind of consolidated back down. Like uh, when when I got excited from success, and if you want to call it success, mm-hmm. um, I started branching out. Right, like I was like, oh, where can I go with this? Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, YouTube, and all that. And uh, as I've uh, succeeded and failed, I've kind of consolidated down to just like the group and you know YouTube when it's fun. And uh, at this point, I just want to keep keep the group focused on being a friendly collecting community mm-hmm. and not turning into, uh, if you'll excuse the phrase, like a you know genitalia measuring contest right. or like a um, who's got the most valuable this or that. Yeah, you know that's my main focus at the moment. Is just keeping it keeping it where it's at. Fair enough. Because it's really easy to fall into that because there's so much pride that goes into the collection, so much pride that goes into when you find that hard-to-find game. It does kind of get to be a bit competitive amongst collectors. Especially because the entire function of the group is showing off, essentially. You know? (laughs) That's what we want. But uh, what I don't want is the the toxicity of, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. of the comments or whatever. So we have not had a problem with that. And I'm uh, thinking that we probably won't. Have you noticed um, any boost or surge of uh, new members coming in ever since the group got meant, got mentioned in the uh, art of point and click? Um, A little, Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we have this questions you have to answer to join. I think classic gamers guild does too. That's right. One of the questions we have is where did you hear about us? I think the number one answer we get is Metal Jesus Rocks because he uh, mentioned us. He mentioned us in an episode about um, it was about collecting tips, and he said to join a community, and he flashes up there. And uh, Metal Jesus Rocks is just uh, if ever there was an ambassador for PC gaming on YouTube, it's him and uh, LGR. That's right. You know yeah. those those two guys are they basically have that audience, and they deserve it because they're they're doing the good work. But uh yeah, um LG's Rocks is uh, uh probably the number one um uh, person that has informed people of uh, that we even exist. Yeah, you look at some you look at some groups out there, they've been around for like years and years and years and they're still probably hovering around 2000 members and you're already uh like I say you're just on the verge of 3700 last I checked uh just before recording here so that's uh that's one of the bigger groups that i that i know of that's not like connected to something that's insanely popular like i'm sure if there's some sort of like a justin bieber fan group i'm sure they have millions but you know in terms of something like said so niche as big box game collecting you know that's that's a huge community yeah i think um i think we've managed to to get most of them i see we'll get to four thousand eventually but i don't see it and I tell you, I say this every all the time. I'm like, I or you know, we're let one off, and then in the, you know, <laughs> a thousand people later, it's like, no, yeah. okay. But um, yeah, I think um, I think we're 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 just about it. You know, I think anyone who's going to hear about us probably already right. has. So, well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But uh, thank you very much for joining us. Do you, do you have any plugs that you'd like to get out there just before we uh, call this a night? Let's see a plug. No, I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you very much again for taking the time to join us. If you ever want to come back, chat some more. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll definitely do that. All right. Well, thank you very much and have a good night. Mm-hmm.